0: Thanks for joining me, psychologist Dr. Audrey Tang for Retrain Your Brain. Retrain Your Brain is a 10-minute self-improvement podcast giving you my most effective, practical, personal development tips from my work as a coach, trainer and psychometric profiler. Season 4 is a relationship special. When it comes to relationships, we do need to talk about emotions. And so today I wanted to talk about working with your emotions rather than suppressing them. Whether you are called a drama queen or whether you've been through a painful experience, suppressing our emotions is never the most healthy approach. Emotions largely evolved to keep us safe. Feeling fear will help us survive in a threatening environment. Feeling love helps us form companionship and in turn... That would have helped propagate the species. It also enables us to feel part of a community. Whatever we may think about emotions, suppressing them is likely to do more harm than good. There are reasons, of course, why we might want to suppress emotion. As society evolved, so did we. And sometimes a very powerful form of defense, attack or superiority can be the ability to hide emotion and then manage it in order to use feelings to our advantage. Simple evolutionary behavior can be manipulating your emotion to posture. In other words, make one's body look larger than it is to seem more threatening. You do see this in fights, that come on. It can also be seen maybe as man-spreading or even the act of putting our own things to showcase where our space and territory is. It can also include the act of preening, that is showing one's body off to best attract a mate. Humans instinctively respond emotionally. For example, we see the neonatal features of babies or the young of animals, and this caring instinct will encourage us to protect them. And therefore, manipulation of emotion can produce results. So it's worth knowing the power of emotions is. We do instinctively respond to them, and this can help us guide our behaviour, but this can also be problematic too. We sometimes choose to suppress emotions, for example, because it helps us professionally. The ability to affect our emotional display can be to our advantage. Hosschild in 1988 wrote The Managed Heart where she coined the phrase emotional labour, which is the act of being able to alter our emotional display so as to elicit the appropriate response from the client. So this might be part of the work of any customer-facing professional. For example, the teacher who's hugely frustrated but smiles and says, hi, how are you, to the next class he or she teaches. Or the nurse who's been spat on and called names but still showing kindness to a vulnerable patient, even though she's hurting inside. Emotions, emotional agility, and the ability to manage our display certainly helps us professionally and can be part of our success. Not only that, we can suppress emotions personally too. And then we suppress emotions personally as well. We might have to hide our envy and our jealousy or when we fancy someone and want to get to know them a little bit better but are afraid of their response. However, it is really notable that emotional labor and the suppression of emotions and changing our emotional display can cause burnout. Not only that, manipulation of emotion can cause confusion and hurt in relationships and simply showing off, as in posturing or preening, will not always achieve the results we want. Therefore, emotions are best respected as powerful We need to know they can be manipulated, affected, and they do cause a response. But therefore, being able to manage them and channel them in a healthy way will be of greatest benefit to our own mental health, as well as that of those around us. Where this relates to relationships is, of course, supporting you after a breakup or a difficult, painful event. It's important to feel the real emotion, but just be mindful of the context where you express it. Pain and sadness are difficult emotions to contain, but emotions are nothing to be ashamed of. We may sometimes prefer to hide our true feelings because it might well be that the position we're in, the situation, the context, may be one where actually expressing them could cause further vulnerability. Certainly, remaining strong has been seen as an admirable quality, but it's really important That we look at the emotion or the root cause of it and deal with it so it doesn't affect our future behaviours. When for whatever reason you have to put on a face it's really important to be able to go away and in a safe space explore what you were feeling. Learning ways to feel safely express and talk about our own emotions appropriately, forms a great model of healthy behaviours. Burying emotions, especially negative ones, can lead to a number of mental health issues, especially if you never resolve the root. And this can result in ineffective behaviour and strategies to cope, for example, avoidance of the person, people or place, which causes the discomfort, which can have ripple effects. That, for example, could lead to isolation or social anxiety, and then anxiety and depression. It could even result in never forming positive connections with people or places or things. It may not allow us to build up the ability to deal with said situations and be able to form ways to cope which are helpful to us in future. And of course, we all know that self-medication to suppress emotions, drugs, alcohol, overeating can have huge physical consequences, including detrimental and sometimes irreversible effects on the brain and body. You're also unable to teach your own children or model healthy expression of emotion to your teams or perhaps your clients. And this can affect your success as a parent, as a professional, and as a friend. So a simple approach to emotion management is one, acknowledge and accept the emotion. Two, be mindful of the context in which you express it. Three, find healthy ways of restoring the emotional balance that you feel. And four, deal with the root. It is not often the emotion that's the problem, but simply what brought it about in the first instance. And being able to deal with the root with clarity of mind is often the most productive approach. So here are my tips. Number one, recognize, label, and accept the emotion. When you recognize an emotion, and it is usually a negative one, you will feel it somewhere in your body. Recognize it, label it, accept it and know it's okay to feel it. And when I say label it, don't just call it interesting or different. Try and work out what it is. Is it shame? Is it humiliation? Is it rejection? Those are difficult words to say, but if you can find the honest label, you can begin to deal with the root. You may even wish to write down how you feel and why you feel that way, because this form of expression can have a very therapeutic effect and it can actually allow you to think about the trigger situation when you're ready to address it. Number two, find healthy ways to restore that emotional balance. You do not need to self-medicate, simply laughing or watching a funny video, listening to music, crying, singing, changing your environment by going for a walk. Any of those are free and simple ways to manage emotional stress. Then perhaps being able to discuss the situation rationally can be a healthy way to express that negativity. It might be that if you feel so emotional, just write everything down, but don't send the letter or email. Other things that we can do is actually build up positivity so that when negative emotions hit us, it doesn't hit us quite so badly. Some people keep a well-being box or a crisis pack and this gives them easy access to things that help them feel better. I personally keep a fan because my temperature changes when I get angry and I keep a fluffy keyring because I like the feeling of that texture and it has a calming effect. It's the same principle as the diabetic who keeps sweets available just in case. Sometimes going out for a run or working exercise into your routine can be really helpful and it might also be that you channel the stress into physical exercise, which actually changes how you are feeling that particular emotion. But whatever it is, try to avoid the unhealthy soothing methods such as comfort eating, drinking, recreational drugs and avoidance. When you're able to, try to address the root and these little points may help you. Have the discussion when you're not hugely emotional, otherwise it's likely to turn into an argument where winning becomes the goal, not solving the problem. And yes, sometimes you may need to walk away and then return. But if you're going to walk away, tell the other person or people that you will be back and then come back. Next, have your agenda written out, because it is easy to be pulled off track and it is important to keep focused on resolution. Hold the discussion somewhere neutral if you can. Have an idea of what you want as a solution, but be flexible and listen. And of course, try to avoid blame language, such as you were mean. It's much healthier to focus on what is under your control. For example, when you said X, I felt. You're focusing on the behaviour. It may even be that the issue lies in the communication rather than the actual event that occurred. There are also some key indicators that someone is suppressing their emotions as a coping strategy, so watch out for these. Not wanting to talk about something, sometimes physically leaving the room when a difficult subject or a specific name or discussion is raised. Getting angry suddenly and perhaps out of proportion to what is asked or said, that could indicate deeper issues. Talking in extremes, for example, everyone or no one, can also indicate the inability to see nuance within a situation, and that is often because when we're very emotional, We do seem to think in extremes. And the other two I've learned as a coach is the avoidance of emotional language, such as, as I've said before, the use of interesting as opposed to hurt or sad, and the use of joking or humour or laughter. And the latter one, for me, is the hardest defence of all to break because people like happy people. And we don't often think to ask further when someone appears happy and makes a joke about something that has upset them. So it's easy to presume they've dealt with it and not only that when somebody is used to making a joke about it it's quite difficult to get to the truth. Therefore working with professionals can help. Family and friends can be too close to the situation and they may have their own opinions which can muddy the waters. A professional will give you objective tools to work through And I would personally advocate someone who has an understanding of DBT, which is dialectic behavior therapy, as this is specifically aimed at managing emotions and is hugely practical. But either way, when you're choosing a professional practitioner, make sure it's someone you can work with, with whom you have a rapport. Finally, it's worth remembering that people express their emotions in different ways. Just because, for example, your response to grief may be to cry, it doesn't mean that the person who busies themselves fixing things isn't feeling pain. Making a judgment is unnecessary. Instead, make yourself available to talk or perhaps signpost them to someone else because there may be many reasons why people prefer to speak to a stranger. And this is a constructive approach. Emotions are part of the complexity of being human. They can make us feel incredibly good, but at the same time, they can also suddenly make us feel bad. However, learning to manage them and express them healthily will always be the best way to move forward. And that's all we have time for. But for more practical self-improvement videos and articles, visit my website www.draudryt.com or check out my work on my YouTube channel, Dr Audrey Tang.